All right, welcome to the Nerd Crusade podcast. This is episode 12. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about uh, last week's episode of Mandalorian, uh, some of the announcements at the Star Wars celebration that came out this week, and uh, it's one of the uh, new indie games that came out, uh, Dredge, and a little bit about uh, another one that came out recently on Xbox that was been out for a while, which was Tales of the Neon Sea. Uh, have a little bit of preview stuff on that. <clears throat> um, but as with me as always, I'm your host Ian, and with me is Courtney. Hello. So, uh, last week on Mandalorian, uh, they had some guest stars on there, Jack Black and Lizzo, mm-hmm. which was kind of shocking. Um, I mean, if you recognize them, everybody recognizes Jack Black, but some people might have recognized Lizzo, some people didn't, but um, I don't know, it's, it's always jarring when you see, like, boom, cele- huge celebrities, like, show up in shows like that. Yeah. Um, their performances were fine, it wasn't a big deal, but it was like, um, one of our friends said it was like a mixture between a Miami Vice episode and a scooby-doo <laughs> yeah because it was yeah. like a buddy cop episode that then went into uh back oh, to yeah. the mandalorian story <laughs> of bokatan trying to unite the mandalorians and her basically having to fight the, her second command her old second com- yeah who command. took charge of all the uh her fleet the, her fleet and the mandalorians when she didn't come back with the black saber that took off and just became mercenaries they had a little bit in the beginning with them to kind of show that they're not caring about, like... What job they get. What job they get, as long as they get the job done and get paid. Like, they became pure mercenaries. Um, and then by the end of it, they all basically end up joining. But basically, the main recap is that Bando and her went on a buddy cop adventure while Grogu hung out with Lizzo and Blackjack and played croquet all day long. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, what did you think of it? It was okay. I wasn't in love with this episode. I thought Lizzo and Jack Black did a okay job. Um, they were just kind of there just to stir the buddy cop plot along. Um, I did like um, Doc Brown making an appearance. I, I thought Christopher he, Lloyd was in, was in yeah. it as well. So I th- I really liked him because he fits into the universe because he's old and kind of but decrepit just, looking. Just being old and decrepit fits him in the Star Wars universe? Well, I mean, you know, kind of with the old Empire, but he wasn't with the Empire. He was... With the Separatists. With the Separatists, uh, Count Dooku and that, which I thought was kind of interesting how they decided to bring that <coughs> part back around. Uh, but overall, I thought it was just kind of a meh episode. I would have liked it more if they focused back on the Mando show and what they're trying to do, which was unite. And I guess to unite the Mandalorians, it only takes five minutes. So I don't know. Season seems a little weak in my opinion. Yeah. It's like they had a, they outlined what the Mandalorian story was going to be, but they didn't bother to flesh it out. So instead, whether they didn't flesh it out or it's somewhere up, 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 higher on the corporate chain said hey we, we need to flesh to make- out the universe more they're sending all these episodes flushing out the universe and not telling us the mando story and then going oh yeah by the way here's what's happening with mando yeah <clears throat> and it's like a five ten minute sequence of them progressing their story along and then we get like a 20 30 minute ep- episode of what's going on in the universe which is kind of like that's not what we came for this show at all. Yeah, we're here to watch Mando. Like, the very first season was more like a Western. It focused on Mando. 
Um, the second season kind of focused on uh, what was going on. And then this season is just like, yeah, Mando's doing stuff, but hey, let's pay more attention to what's happening in the universe. And I think it goes, I think what happened at the um, Disney uh, convention this week uh, actually answers a lot of the questions because they showed their roadmap for shows. And yeah, they have like some shows that are like old Republic and old uh, before the Empire and the New Republic. But one of the last shows they listed was Rise of the First Order, mm-hmm. which then goes back to okay, all the stuff we're seeing that's not related to Mando and showing how like shitty the Republic, the New Republic is, is building up to leading to that show, the uh, Rise of the First Order. Yeah. But <coughs> okay, but you could do that in that show, Rise of the First Order, not take up Mando's storyline and plot. Which I wish they'd go back to that Western feel. That's the thing is that, like, the first season, the uh, first two seasons, they had completely knew what they were going to tell. And I feel like they didn't bother to flesh this one out. Or maybe they were forced to do a third season. Because the end of the second season, it's like, okay, he gave Grogu to Luke. And it's like, all right, that's kind of the end of Mando and Grogu. And then they're like, no, we need to make more money with Grogu. Let's have a season three with Grogu in it. Yeah, we're like, let's cannibalize Boba Fett and put Grogu and Mandalorian back in it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) See, the funny thing is, like, once everything is done and made, in the long run, everything all together will make sense and kind of be cool how it connects. But as it's coming out, you're like, hey, this isn't what I signed up for. I don't want to see know about the Imperials who are now part of the Republic. I don't care about uh, about a, a droid uprising or more like a droid malfunctioning and how the droids actually enjoy being servants because <laughs> they want to do more than just what they originally were programmed for. Like, th- knowing what the droids' allegiance are is interesting, but it's not anything I care about when it comes to, hey, I'm watching Mando this week. Yeah. Um, so it's-, it's not to say the show's bad. It's just like... It's just not focused like we would expect it to be. Yeah. It needed to, this season definitely needed more focus and a little bit better storytelling, I think. Yeah. And the funny, and like I said, the weird thing's going to be once all these shows are out and completed, mm-hmm. and if you watched them all from the very beginning, from Mando season one to the very last episode of probably The Rise of the First Order, you'll see this whole universe unfold with all these different stories coming together and how they inter- interconnect. And that would be interesting and cool, but it's like. Hey, I was watching it. I feel like we don't care about our main character anymore. Our main characters are switching uh, to where now it's going to be like Bo Katan. Yeah. Um, which could be fine, <clears throat> but um, it's going to be weird when like they recast her. Yeah. Because <laughs> like she shows her face all the time. We know the actress where you can recast Pedro, Pedro Pascal just fine mm-hmm. since he's not the one on set all the time and they can easily. Auto-tune the voices that sound similar enough to where nobody's going to be like, hey, that doesn't sound like him. Exactly. And since he took his little dip in uh, the pools of Mandalore. He's not taking his helmet off. He's not taking his helmet off anytime soon. Yeah. Or hopefully ever again. Uh, Yeah. So, like, the buddy cop stuff that we saw here, like I said, the main point of that seemed to be be showing where the droids' alliances were or how droids see their place in the universe here. Because, like... Which is kind of interesting because we didn't get a lot of that, except for like maybe in uh, Han Solo, 
Solo the Hunt. The, oh, Solo. Yeah, Solo movie where L3 was like, hey, no, we're slaves. We need to be liberated. And like some droids, like, and you can see how some droids are like, yeah, we're being used as slaves. And that's where I kind of thought this episode was going to go with like, hey, these droids are malfunctioning. They're attacking people. But there are all old separatist battle droids. So it's like, hey, their purpose was for war. They're being used to like carry baggages and uh, do loading. Basically, what they had said is like the entire civilization on that planet doesn't do anything. The droids do all the work. If they stopped using the droids, the civilization would collapse because nobody knows how to do anything mm-hmm. or would be willing to do anything anymore because they're completely being uh, serviced by the droids. But then it turns out when they go to the bar and they actually question the dro- question droids and they actually get an explanation from one, like the whole bar was like, no, we want to serve people. They feel sorry for humans in their short lifespan and they're happy to be repurposed, which was a nice kind of flip because it wasn't going where I thought it was going to go. But mm-hmm. again, this is the Mandalorian show, not Star Wars after the Empire. Yeah. <laughs> um. So <sighs> it'll be well. There's like only two more episodes left, I think. Yeah. So they need a. <laughs> wrap up and take back Mandalore in the next two episodes, so. Yeah, well, I mean, they're going to have to bring up the uh, Doff Gideon, or or Moff Gideon, I mean. Yeah. They have to bring up him because he escaped, and it looks like the mercenary Mandalorians are probably the ones who helped him escape based off the job they got. So then the New Republic's probably going to come after the Mandalorians to say, hey, what the fuck's going on? You freed Moff Gideon. And it's either going to be they have to explain themselves to the Republic or they're going to go after Moff Gideon and try and figure out where he is or what's happening there. Um, and then I, we'll just have to see what happens. I mean, mm-hmm. that's sorry. It's, not, it's like what? 10 minutes of talk on Mandalorian because there's not a whole lot that happened other than Bo-Katan fought. And it's like Mandalorian finally gave over the dark saber to her in this roundabout way of that. Well, I got captured back on Mandalore by that spider droid and then she came and saved me and defeated the, defeated the one who defeated me. So now the, the Dark Saber actually does belong to her, which is kind of fine and everything. But, and I'm kind of happy he finally get, got rid of it because he obviously couldn't use it. Yeah. He's the only one that seems to, seems to think a lightsaber weighs a million, ton, a million pounds. Which is bullshit. Yeah, it's a weird thing, weird thing that they added to her. I guess this is supposed to be a super special uh, lightsaber, which it is, but... The fact that like he can't wield it and it weighs so much for him to use it is weird. When like she's used it before in the past, she can wield it just fine. Like it's like, like even before it was quote unquote hers. Well, it was, I, it was technically hers in like Rebels or or um, one of the Star Wars cartoons. Yeah. Um, I don't remember which one it is because I think the Truk- the Trukowski one, the guy who did like. Uh, Samurai Jack in Texas Laboratory. I think they threw all that out, and that the Clone Wars is no longer canon. Mm. But Star Wars Rebels is, is and I think that had Bo-Katan in it. Had um, Sokka. Not her name's not Sokka. I whatever her name is. Yeah, I can't remember. Ahsoka. Ahsoka in it. Um, that was considered canon. I never, I never watched any of that stuff because the animation style was, wasn't appealing. No, to not, you. Yeah, it was very much looked like this is for children and not like hardcore I, Star Wars fans. Yeah. <clears throat> but on that news is some of the stuff they announced at the Star Wars celebration this week is they showed the trailer for Ahsoka, which is probably a real treat for all the fans of Rebels and all that because they're seeing a lot of those characters from that show. And even like I guess one of the clips in the trailer was recreating the final 
episode or the ending of Rebels live action wise. Right. So a lot of people are going to be excited about that. The show does look good. I mean, uh, Rosario Dawson as, as Ahsoka was great in Mandalorian, and she looks great in this. I'm glad she's getting her own show. That's going to be coming out in August, so that'll be something to definitely watch, and we can recap those episodes mm-hmm. every week for people. Um, and then, like I said, they showed off uh, at least a list of all the different shows that are coming out, with one being Acolyte, which is going to be based a little bit more martial, be more focused on martial arts type of content than what we've been seeing. It's going to have uh, the guy from... Um, God, what was that Netflix show with the game that they were playing? The, the game? Squid Game? Squid Game, yeah. The guy who starts a Squid Game is going to be in this. Oh, shit! Yeah, so he's going to be one of the actors in it. Um, I didn't know that. And I believe this is supposed to take place before the Republic and Empire stuff. Okay, so it's... Um... <clears throat> Uh, <coughs> it's not. It it's not necessarily old, old republic, but it's like in between old republic and the... and where like the prequels started. Okay. Back when like the uh, the Jedi were, uh, or I guess the gro- the kind of growing of the Jedi Order in that time frame, because I guess the Jedi Order like obviously Bob's was like you go old republic like the video game Knights of the Old Republic. Obviously, that's, I think, thousands of years before, and that has its Sith and Jedi war going on, mm-hmm. and they go back and forth. But actually, I think it's supposed to be, like, um, part either birth of the new Jedi Order as we know it or something like that. That's where that starts, but that's going to be more focused on martial arts with people like the guy from Squid Game in it. Um, and then they're going to have Ahsoka and a few other shows. And like I said, one of the last ones that was listed was Rise of the First Order, mm-hmm. which is where all these episodes of Mandalorian are seem to be pointing to towards. Um, Andy Serkis, who was in Andor, uh, looks like he's going to be coming back as he was at the celebration and whatnot. Hey. Uh, he was chanting, like, uh, only one way out, and people were going crazy for that. <laughs> uh, Andor, which I guess a lot of people thought was going to be a ton of different seasons leading up to Rogue One, mm-hmm. is only going to be one, probably one more season. They said season two is going to lead right up to Rogue One. See, I thought it was going to be three seasons for Andor, but... I'm a season too long, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I thought it was going to be longer, too, but when they showed the end of Andor and you see that the things that they're making the prison were going in the Death Star. Yeah, and the Death Star is de- nearly done. Yeah, it's yeah. like, well, if it's almost done, then they have to be hitting Rogue One here fairly soon, not having years and years of buildup. So we'll have to see what um, happens there. But Andor 2, or Andor Season 2 is wrapping up production in August, and they're probably going to show next the following summer. Okay. <clears throat> and then I think a few other shows I don't remember exactly what they were because there's not a lot of details on it there or they're announcing movies and they weren't those mo- none of these movies have titles they're all just have directors attached to it so like one of the directors of uh, the Mandalorian show who was the directors of the cartoon uh, Rebels and whatnot he's getting his own movie Taiki Ta- Ta- Wakiti is getting his own movie and another person who I don't I'm not familiar with is getting a movie that they're going to do mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, uh, these three movies are going to be taking place after the sequel series, which is sequel series is Force Awakens, uh, The Last Jedi, and uh, Rise of Skywalker. So Rey is going to be coming back. I think it's supposed to be like fifteen or twenty years after the last movie, as can be her uh, possibly training new Jedi or whatnot. We'll see where where they go with that story okay. or how that works. I have no idea who the villain's going to be, and that's the weird thing is that like. <clears throat> we don't have a villain anymore, really. Yeah, and the thing is, is that what makes good stories and good heroes is really, really good villains. 
or really good motiv- uh, motivation, motivation for our hero character. And I don't know what type of story they're going to tell. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. Hopefully they do a better job of letting three directors do a trilogy and have a cohesive story. Because uh, in the long run, as much as people hated Ryan Johnson's Last Jedi, I thought that movie was great. I liked the way, where he was going with it. Mm-hmm. I think they did, did them wrong by by retconning his entire movie in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. <clears throat> because the whole thing is, as much as they want to say, oh, no, look, we changed everything, they signed off on his script originally. Yep. The studio was perfectly fine with it. It wasn't like he just went and made a rogue Star Wars movie like the, some of the hardcore fans want to think he did. He wrote a movie. Everybody was cool with where the story was going. And then because of the fan backlash, they went back and they changed everything last minute just to basically make a fanfic, which that's why... Like, Rise of Skywalker has, like, beautiful music, beautiful visuals, but it's very cliche. It's very much looks like a fanfic that was written because everything is obviously predictable. It's very much stylized to be parallel to, like, the some of the prequel movies and stuff with, mm-hmm. like, Anakin and Obi-Wan's fight being in, in, in lava and then her fight with uh, Kylo Ren being in water. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, dude, this is like, yeah, it looks beautiful, but it's very cliche. I liked where you're going before, where you're trying to point towards the gray Jedi and not this. And be something new and different. And yeah, not but... the same old, same old that we've been seeing. Yeah, because what we, seeing at least in the movies, I don't know if they talk, I don't know anything about the old books that they kind of threw out of canon. But like, there's always, the Jedi obviously aren't right. The Sith obviously aren't right. There's not this black and white. There has to be this gray area. And I thought that's where Ryan Johnson was going with it. And then they threw all that shit out to like, oh, no, Palpatine's a real villain again. It's like, that's stupid. We shouldn't even be bringing him back. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, basically ruining the villains that you're building up to begin with. But that's the that's the sequel series. We'll see where they go with the new one. I think a lot of people were kind of rolling their eyes at Ray coming back. But I had no problem with Ray. Some people are hoping John Bodega come back, but man, he oh, burned he, he burned all his bridges with Disney, and not and not the fault of he he desert, rightfully did so because he called them out. It's like you put me on the poster, you made me a front running character, and then you made me fade into the background yeah. because people don't like a black a black main character. Screw you, Disney. And so I definitely know he's not coming back. If they're smart, they won't bring the Finn character back to and like recast him. They'll just leave him out of it completely. Yeah, <laughs> and move on with whatever story they're gonna tell. And then the I guess the other thing because it's weird they came it's I guess it came out with Star Wars Celebration I don't know I don't know if they showed it there but it was released this week as well which was the Indiana Jones trailer yeah um because it is Lucas Lucas Arts property uh, yeah but it has nothing to do with Star Wars but it was the basically the full trailer what we uh, instead of like the teasers we've seen for Indiana Jones and the dial the dial of destiny. Which, looking at that trailer after watching it a few times, looks definitely better than the Crystal Skull. Yes. <laughs> but um, and even the de aging they did on Indiana on uh, Indiana Jones, but on Harrison Ford doesn't look too bad. But there seemed to be a lot of it, which means either there's a lot of flashbacks going to happen, or the Dial of Destiny is going to be some type of time travel device. Well, uh, I'm going to predict a lot of. Uh flashback so it's going to be indiana jones and the dial flashbacks boss i think it's going to be a time travel device of some sort or it's going to be a MacGuffin that gives them a chance to like fix mistakes in the past and that's Mm -hmm. why we're seeing a lot of young indiana jones instead of 
old indie. Old indie in the 1960s. It feels like it takes place in the 1960s. Like they didn't give it an exact year, but the music that they're playing and feels the like costuming this, feels more feels 60s. early early 60s. Not like hippie 60s, but like no. early 60s. Yeah, because like early into the war, maybe because they were. It's really weird because there's a kid wearing a space yeah. helmet, and the space race was the late 60s. But so, like, I don't know. We'll find out. I don't know if it's during Vietnam. I don't know if it's not. Like, Indy B is really, really old at that point because he was in his prime during World War II. Yes. And so this would be like, what, 30 years later? He's going to be... So it's 60, 70s is when almost, he's started. Almost 80 years old. <laughs> well, Harrison Ford's almost 80 years old. But I think if Indiana Jones is in his prime during the last crusade, which was towards the end of the uh, World War II... Yeah, it had to be like 45... Forty-five. I and would say no, you would have been forty. No, I'm saying 1945 oh. was the year that had to take place. Oh, okay. Before the bombs were dropped. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then this is, has to take place. I would want to say early 60s, but again, I saw the kid, the kid was on the train had this astronaut helmet on, which I would assume means we're near a space race. Yeah, like six. <laughs> and the ticker 69? tape, the ticker tape parade, wouldn't be for anything Vietnam wise because that didn't end. Then that started in the 60s. Yeah. And then, so it would have to be a ticker tape parade for, like, for an astronaut, maybe, or something? I guess. Why else would we have a ticker tape parade in the 60s? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so it's really weird. I don't know. We'll find out when the movie comes out, like, what the time frame (laughs) exactly is. But I think if you're going to do a flashback, yeah, you're going to do one or two flashbacks. But there's going to be a lot of young Indiana Jones and even young Mad Mendelssohn, even though they didn't have to do much to de-age him. Yeah. Um... Because he's playing the villain, uh, a Nazi officer of some sort. Mm-hmm. So, from what they've said in it, because I think Mad Mills was saying, was like, Hitler made mistakes, the Dial of Destiny will give him a chance to... Uh, write his write Write those mistakes or something. So that's why I'm thinking it's a time travel th- thing. Which will be kind of hokey if it is, but it might be... It'll be better than Crystal Skull. Except yeah, as long like... as it's not aliens, it'll be fine, probably. Yeah. Um, it's like, keep it, like... Uh, in the realm of, you know, Earth, I would say. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the big thing with Crystal Skull, which the problem was, is that they made that skull, like, elongated and alien-like, and the real Crystal Skulls that exist are human skulls. Yeah. It's like, why'd you change it to being aliens when they're not alien artifacts that we actually have? They're regular human skulls that are crystal. Yeah. Maybe they might be elongated because, again, there were tribes that were trying to elongate their skulls uh, or something, but, like, not to the extent that those were in that movie. Yeah, where it's clearly like, oh, that's an alien skull. That is nowhere near being a human. The, yeah, and the real artifacts don't look anything like that, so why change it that far? Yeah. Um, when that movie came out, a lot, there was, like, a lot of comments of, like, there were, one I remember was, like, Spielberg ripping the script away from a child, uh, like... George Lucas, who's scribbling on it on with the script crayons. with his Star Wars crayons and, yeah. and fucking up the script. That was cute. <laughs> so we'll see where this one goes. I'm saying time travel. You're saying flashbacks. We'll see what happens there. We'll make a bet. Um, I don't know. It's it's him and his goddaughter is what they make very yes. clear. I'm thinking it's um, they changed the actor because obviously the other actor I think is dead. But the well, guy, yeah, the guy away. who was the museum curator yeah, that he worked for, that's why I think that's his like uh, granddaughter. That's daughter. the god. That's the goddaughter. That's yeah. she's the daughter of that dude, and he's the godfather. Yeah, um, which makes Bro- sense. is Brody is the is the character. Thank name. you. Yeah, the guy got lost his own museum. <laughs> <clears throat> um, 
who is now being played by, from what it looked like, I think it's the guy who was um, the evil Doctor Who and the guy who oh, was the yes, yes, store yes. clerk in The Mist. Yes, yes. Um, he's a really good actor. He's always played bit parts. It'd be cool to see uh, him in this. Um, it'll be interesting to see where uh, where they go with it. Um, like I said, it looks like a fun adventure. It looks a lot better than Crystal Skull did, even by the trailers. Um, hopefully there's not going to be like, you know, a monkey swinging scene or something like that. But uh, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Um, but I think that's all the big announcements. Um, other than John Favreau did go back and clear up the confusion over the, the two-year gap in Mandalorian. He, as he said, they were off the air for two years. He he intended that that it actually is a two year gap since Mandalorian <sighs> and uh, Groku have seen each other. Which I think everybody agrees. You did a terrible job explaining that in the TV show, then, because it does not feel like it's been two years. No, maybe near a few months, years. but nowhere near even a year or two years in the time frame of of the show. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess you could kind of say it's been two years with the buildup of the town in Mandalorian, of how it's changed from being an outlaw town to him being the magistrate. But it's like, eh. that could have flipped fairly quickly. They defeated the Empire there really quickly. Yeah, and also between season one and season two, it was already building up really quickly. Yeah, I mean, it's so, already a town. Flipping a town doesn't take two years to do. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's supposed to be a two-year gap. It doesn't really translate in the show very well, um, but that's that's man. I mean, I think I think that's all the big news from uh, so the Star Wars celebration. Is just yep. the movies that they have already planned out, the TV shows that they're coming out with. I guess the other interesting stuff since they're coming out with a show that's going to be uh, pre uh, Empire and Republic with the Jedi Alcal uh, was it Alcalite? Acolyte. Yeah. Um, people got to go and do a free uh, early preview of Jedi Survivor, the video game, mm-hmm. which that is also considered canon in the storyline. They said a lot of people who played it said there's some deep cuts for old school um, Jedi Order stuff that was only mentioned earlier in the books. Hmm. So, like, when Disney bought all this stuff, a lot of people were upset that Disney said we're throwing out the books, games, everything that has come out prior to the sequel series is no longer canon. And everybody thought, well, does that mean Rebels, the cartoons, and all that stuff? And it turns out, like, I guess Rebels is actually still canon. Everything else, like Clone Wars, like I said, the Trokowski version is completely thrown out. Um, so, the fact that they're bringing some of that into the game, I feels like I guess they're going to go and take some of that lore that people like and throw it back into this universe, and that's how they're going to uh, do it. Uh, it's through this game, and then maybe through Acolyte, and we'll see what else uh, pops up in the future. Okay. Um, on the topic of games, uh, there were some indie games that came out last week. Uh, for Xbox. For Xbox that we played. Uh, one is uh, basically came out on a lot of different platforms, but you might have seen some people talking about it. It's called Dredge. That is like a Stardew Valley, um, Elder God fishing game. Kind of like, and I would say like the little crafting stuff is there, but it's not a lot of it. I wish there was a lot more. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, there's definitely like the creepiness there, and then there's, there's definitely sea monsters that show up, but fuck the angler boat. They don't do a whole. It's not as much as you would th- hope there would be. Yeah. Um, but basically it has a small game loop of like, you go out, you fish, you bring fish back to sell, to make money, to upgrade your boat, to go, to be able to explore further. And then you pick up little quests as you go. 
it's actually I actually highly recommend it because it's a game that's not going to take you too long to beat. Uh, it's not necessarily like a one day uh, one sitting type game. It'll take you a couple of sittings to go through it probably, <clears throat> depending on what you focus on. But it's not a game that you're going to feel like you're rushed to get through, and it's not going to feel like um, you're being anything's being real tedious to do because the f- the loop is short and fun to where. Like, start to value, it's like, okay, I can just do one more day. I'll do one more day. I'll do one more day, and you'll find yourself getting caught doing, playing for hours doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lovecraftian stuff to it is pretty cool uh, that they add to it. Like, there are sea monsters that show up. If you try to go off the edge of the map, you will get uh, eaten. eaten by one. Um, some giant lo- some giant le- leviathans. There's a giant tentacle monster there, too. As you no. said, there's an angler fish that basically... It looks, it looks like another boat is uh, going around at night, but when it gets to you, you can see there's a giant fish underneath it that attacks you. Um, like I said, it's a pretty fun game. has a lot of like good exploration in it, a really fun uh, loop to it, an interesting uh, Lovecraftian story. Speaking of Lovecraftian, there's a good and bad ending, but don't expect there to be like... You know, a super, a super cheerful good ending. Uh, it's basically... It's a typical Lovecraftian yeah, ending. Yeah, it's like, yay, the world is saved, but shit happens. And it's like, oh, no, you didn't save the world. The world is destroyed. Well, here comes Cthulhu. Yeah, so I uh, highly recommend it. It's a very fun game. Uh, it could probably take you uh, maybe three two, two or three ses- game sessions if you want to, if you play it for a long, long time. Uh, depending if you go through the main quest fairly quickly, because being... Main quest is literally pick up, I think, five specific artifacts, and then you'll <clears throat> um, get you'll trigger the ending sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on how much you explore, though, depends on whether or not you trigger the good ending. Because uh. you actually have to find a specific person on a different island that's not one that you would normally go to. You, you literally have to be like, oh, what's over here? Find you this have to person. Really explore. Around. Yeah, and you gotta find you gotta find that to trigger an event for you to actually go and trigger the ability to get the good ending. So most people are gonna get the bad ending in this First. game, and yeah, they're gonna hunt to try and get the good ending. Uh, I was fortunate enough that I was wandering around. And I found it like, oh, cool, and it, it added more twists to the story, which I thought were re- were really good. And then was able to actually trigger either end, either or ending at the end. Um, I'll put up a review video of that probably this week um, to like so you guys can see some gameplay and whatnot. That'll be on our NerdCrusade.com webpage mm-hmm. um, and our YouTube uh, channel, so you can check that out. Uh, but that's definitely worth it. The other game that came out, it's been out for a while on PC, but it was just recently released on Xbox. It's called Tales of the Neon Sea. It's kind of an old school, uh, not kind of old school like a point and click game. Um, but it's like a mixture of that and just, um, puzzles. So there's lots of different puzzles. It's not repetitive, the same puzzle over and over again for each thing. Um, it's all, so far it's always been something new that I've had, that I've had to do. I think other reviews have said later in the game, you are kind of repeating some of the same puzzles, but it was interesting, uh, <laughs> that you basically have two characters. One, you play as a detective who is basically like a cyborg kind of like unique experiment where his Half his brain is like, uh, has been melded with a machine. That's okay. something that nobody's supposed to know about. But he got special treatment because of uh, him solving some big case when he was a detective. Uh, and that and this operation saved his life or whatnot. And then the other character you play as is the stray cat that he kind of takes care of, uh, called William, who like shows up and bugs him for like food or take him out for a walk or whatnot. Um, 
But basically, he's friends with this cat or whatnot. The cat and him don't, like, talk, right? Like, the cat meows. That's all he understands. But when he plays the cat, the cat has his own uh, people that he talks to. So, like, there's the underground, like, cat mafia that he ta- <laughs> that he deals with while your character's uh, dealing with other stuff. So, basically, when I've played it, it was just, hey, he's a detective who stumbles across a crime scene, calls the cops. The cops say, oh, yeah, you're, you used to be on the force. Help us out with this case. Basically, like an episode of Monk or something, where you're just a private eye that gets pulled into a case, and as you're working that case... You'll uh, flip to the cat. Well, flips to the cat because, like, basically you finish his side of it, which has a bunch of cool puzzles in there. Then, it, uh, as the story is in the first, in the beginning here, is that it looks like a little girl killed this old lady. Oh, my God. And this little girl is, like, the daughter of, like, the possible uh, mayor candidate or something, or the mayor. Mm-hmm. So they're telling you they're taking over the case and kicking you out of it, um, but you guys find the one thing you need to do to prove is the girl was you need the murder weapon, and then at the end the cat shows up with a murder weapon, <laughs> and it goes to okay two hours ago here's the cat and the cat's going through you get to play as the cat and you have to do a bunch of different puzzle uh, like platforming puzzles as the cat to figure out how to get the murder weapon so he can bring it back to the detective, and I guess that's kind of how it's gonna go back for because when it started. Um, it's kind of a noir story where, like, I basically woke up in a sewer and I had to fix my body parts. But then I had to play as the cat who had to kill a bunch of rats so I, I could power up the machine to fix it, the body parts of them. So it's really cool. Um, it's pixel art. It's 2D. Um, so the art style is done really well. And it's, like, cool just kind of, like, taking the atmosphere. It has some cool references in there. There's a um, riot droid from the original Judge Dredd movie. The one was, yeah. uh not Schwarzenegger, but uh, Sylvester Stallone. It was like a clear, like, hey, they put this droid in in the robot shop. Uh, that was, and they even called it a riot, uh, riot dro- uh, droid. droid. I looked at it, it's like, oh yeah, that's exactly what that was called in the movie, and they look exactly the same. <laughs> so it, it's a cool cyberpunk story. So if you like, if you like cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, you want more of those types of stories, but um, done in a really well done art style. Uh, Tales of the Neon Sea is definitely one I would recommend. Should be a lot of fun, um, especially if you like kind of like the detective story and like brain teaser puzzles. The, t- the puzzles aren't super hard, but they don't also they don't hold your hand either. And like, oh, this is how you do it. It's like, here's a puzzle. Figure it out. Yeah. And you just have to figure it out. It's not, hey, here's a sample. Now, okay, obviously do this task over and over again. Um, so it's cool. I definitely recommend it. It was very good. Dredge, I def- definitely recommend for especially for people who don't have a lot of time. And, like, Stardew Valley. Like, Stardew Valley takes forever. Like, to find... Well, yeah, that's what I meant. Like, Stardew... They like Stardew Valley. Yeah, like they Stardew... should like this. And this won't take up years of your t- life trying to years unlock every little life. thing. <laughs> in the game. I think my first playthrough with it, I've gotten at least half the achievements for the game. Um, I think there's only one quest line that I did not actually trigger to pop up. But everything else, it's just a matter of, like, I can go back after I've beaten the game to finish it. Because when you trigger the endings in Dread, it just says, we're not saving your game anymore, anymore after this point. Okay. So you can go and do one ending, and then, all right, cool, got that ending, go back, re- reload your save, and then go do the other ending if you want to see both. Or just go around and continue exploring fi- and continue fishing to your heart's content. Fishing. Um, it's interesting because, like, you can do the fishing, and you can also, like, do crab fishing if you want. So if you yeah. want to do, like... Live out your Wicked Tuna fantasy, you can do that. Or if you want to live out your uh, Deadliest Catch fantasy, you can do that too without, like, the complicated systems that are, like, in Deadliest Catch, catch the video game. <laughs> um, 
it's a cool, cute art style. Uh, check out our video we'll have out later this week on that. Uh, you'll see the gameplay. It's fun, easy, and very approachable. So definitely recommend Dredge. If you're old school gamer and you remember point and click games and you like puzzles, uh, Tales of the Neon Sea is definitely worthwhile. Um, but I guess that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah. Only other major news this week. We didn't go see it, but the Mario movie came out. And that's what I think uh, on track to make over $350 million. Yes. Uh, it's opening weekend, so it's going to be the largest animated film opening uh, ever, which is good. Um, don't read the critical critics' reviews on the movie. It's like <laughs> reading reading reviews of people who have no idea where the source material is and not understanding it. Um, it is a kid's movie. It's by Illumination, people who do the minions and whatnot. Um, so a lot of people said it was like... Um, didn't have a huge plot, but I'm assuming the plot's plot basically just what the original games are were is Bowser kidnapped the princess or is trying to kidnap the princess and Mario's going to stop him. So I don't think a lot of people were expecting plot, but a lot of fans of the franchise uh, love that game. Um, a lot of Easter <clears throat> eggs. Yeah, a lot of Easter eggs for it. If uh, you know nothing about Mario and nothing about the universe or about the video games, then you're probably going to be very lost in this and just think, all right, it's a good, entertaining kids movie. Um, like, a lot of the critics, if you read their reviews, they're mind-blowingly like, oh, my God, you have no idea what this is. Huh? How, how do you not know what Mario Brothers is? Yeah. Like, they literally had to, like, research what the original story was, research who the characters are. Well, I think one critic was like... Not understanding why Mario turns into a cat and thought the cat, him turning into a cat was for like a furry fetish thing. Oh my god! It's like wow, you have no idea what anything is, this stuff is like. What it's referencing? Mm-hmm. And these are people who work for like the New York Times and stuff. Like that's why like some of these news outlets should not review things because they have <laughs> no they have nobody on their team that has any familiarity with it. So the critics have been bombing the movie. The audience scores have been through the roof, like at 98, 99%. And the critic reviews have been like less, 50 or less, I think. Yeah. Because none of the critics understand what the fuck they're watching. Well, I think we're starting to see a shift now where uh, the audience reviews are going to be more uh, determined what's a good movie, what you should see over a critic's review. Yeah, I mean, journalism nowadays, they nobody really trusts. No one really does their due diligence and research. And yeah, they all just, a lot of them either regurgitate stories from another news site. They don't do, they don't break any news themselves or they're too chicken. They're shit not to, doing research. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't blame people for not listening to critics. I would say if you're a Mario fan, it sounds like you're going to love this movie. Go ahead and see it. I'm going to basically wait till it comes on streaming. Um, I, mean, I like the Sonic movies, but I wasn't going to go to the theater to go see them. Just like, Same. This will probably be a good movie. I'll probably get all the references, but I don't feel like going to the movies, spending the, spending the money I would go to the theater to go see this. Yeah. Just because the theaters we go to are fairly expensive, so it's like we got to make it, sure yeah, what we're watching is worth it. Yeah, it's expensive to go to a regular I, theater anymore. Yeah. Um, Even an AMC, it, you know, you're still spending 40 bucks. If you're a family of four, it's going to be like around 60 bucks. Um, but I think I don't know if he has a review up, but uh, Timeless Cinema they specialize mm-hmm. basically in 40x, and he said watching that movie in 40x was like being on in play, being in Mario Kart. Oh gosh! <laughs> so he said it was a lot of fun. So if you have that option, maybe check that out as well. 
um, or go to their webpage, timewithcinema.com, to see if they have uh, a review up on it. But he definitely had said on his tour that he definitely enjoyed it. Um, but that's basically the news and all the stuff this week. We'll be back next week with what happens in Mandalorian. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo is finally coming out for Xbox Yay. Game Pass next week, so we'll be talking about that. As well as we'll be streaming that next week as well. I think it comes out on Tuesday. So either Wednesday morning, probably Wednesday morning we'll be streaming that. Um, unless it's out early on Tuesday, but I don't know. They, they keep changing the release time, so I don't know exactly when it's yeah. going to be on Xbox. But usually things come out like either Monday at 9 a.m. That, if that's the case, then we'll be t- streaming on Tuesday morning. Uh, if it comes out Monday at 9 p.m. Otherwise, if it's Tuesday 5 p.m., we'll probably stream it Wednesday morning. Um, but definitely check that out. That will be fun, uh, if, especially if you like Japanese like creepypastas and Japanese like folklore. They mm-hmm. take a lot of... The creature designs and uh, a lot of the... T- legends legends uh, from, and, like, yokais. Yeah, that's all integrated into the story's villains, which will be really interesting. Yes. Um, I'm excited. So we'll have that, and then... You get a pet, Shiva's. Later this month, this will be Jedi Survivor, which we'll definitely be getting yes. to have to play that. Um, I don't know what, what other <laughs> movies are coming out this month. I know next month... It's Guardians. It's Guardians, and then June is Spider-Verse. Yes. Which will be fun to see. Um, so, we'll have stuff to talk about. Uh, we'll have a lot to talk about in the week between um, next week and Jedi Survivor. Because Jedi Survivor doesn't come out till the end of the month. So, I think mm-hmm. it's until the 20th. So, there might be a, a dead week there where all we have to talk about is The Mandalorian. It's okay. We can fill something in. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But we can ba- have a short episode. But uh, basically, that's it for this week. Thank yeah. you for listening. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. Bye.